0: Hey, this is Alex Turkad. Hey, this is Zach Emmerich here. Hey, this
1: is Sean Avery. Hey, this is Jamie Baker. Hey, this is Jason Zucker. And you're listening to and You're listening to You're You're
0: listening to the Tomahawk Roundup. All right, so what is going on, guys? This is Frank Zeratsky here with the Tomahawk Roundup, and I am joined by Dan Riccio of Sportsnet. Dan, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, Frank. How are you? Good. Doing great. So, thank you so much for coming on. So, you started out your sports broadcasting career in Toronto with 590 The Fan. What is the atmosphere like covering sports in the city with such a variety, including the Maple Leafs, the Raptors, and Toronto FC? Well, it's, uh... I mean, it's a
1: hockey town, first and foremost, right? With the Maple Leafs, yeah, but... You know, you you do have a lot of the different major sports, and uh, coming up through the business from that aspect uh, was very difficult because you have a lot of experts uh, basically doing all all the top sports. So I really had to find a niche that worked for me coming up through the business. But in terms of the atmosphere, I mean, it's all you can want all the time, right? You have so much going on. You have sports through the fall, winter, summer. And now being in Vancouver, it's really a stark contrast where you know, we follow the Canucks uh, like a religion, uh, but there's nothing really to break away from that too much outside of MLS and, and a CFL franchise, uh, but they aren't nearly quite as followed as, as the NHL team. So it's, uh, it's it's really wildly different uh, to, to have that much going on in one city
0: that Toronto does. Yeah, absolutely. I remember during my time in Toronto, you know, there was a basketball game one night and then two nights later the Leafs were in town. So really, just an awesome city. I hope I get to work there one day. So during your tenure in Toronto, you as a sports host have witnessed the gross, growth of the Leafs. Take us through the evolution of the Maple Leafs from Phil Kessel and Dion Phaneuf to Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner from a sports analyst perspective. Uh, well,
1: Leader, I guess, or uh, he didn't have enough of a supporting cast for it to really work. But as we've seen uh, in his career since then, you know, if, if he can be the third guy on a team, that's where he probably fits best. And it, it really worked out for him in Pittsburgh. But, you know, you, you, you had that Toronto team, and Brian Burke made just a couple of critical mistakes uh, trying to push the team forward when it was still in need of a couple more years of rebuilding. And it was just something that the city really needed. You know, for so many years, it was just band-aid after band-aid, trying to keep the team afloat, break into the first round of the playoffs, and, and that was the hope, and it just didn't work. And They finally gave into the rebuild, and we've seen some of the most talented players in the history of the Maple Leafs show up in the last few years. Like, over the, the course of the Maple Leafs franchise, like, how many league superstars have been on the team? Very few. You know, they had Matt Sundin. Uh, Doug Gilmore, but he was only there for a couple of years. Uh, before that, it was really uh, Dogs Breakfast uh, until you get back to, to Boria Salming, so and Dave Keon and the likes
0: of that. So you, you really got to go back into history to see the, the yeah. major stars of the league being on the Leafs. And so it's
1: it's it's been wildly different that, that they have that and guys like Matthews and, and Marner. And even Nylander, i throw into that, that type of a conversation, and Tavares as well. Uh, those are the types of players that can bring you a championship. It hasn't worked out. They've made a, a pretty significant bet on their team philosophy that doesn't seem to be working so well so but you
0: can't deny that it's one of the most talented teams in the league. It is one of the most talented teams in the league, and I I can't agree with you more. You know, it's not working right now, but there's always next season, and you always keep progressing and keep progressing forward. Shifting gears a little bit, you have a lot of experience in the soccer realm of sports. Given that soccer is looking at possibly restarting in Europe in some areas, how does this pave the way for other sports around the world?
1: league start this weekend and it's i think it's going to be very different it's not uh what we're normally used to seeing when you watch a soccer match you know they, they've already altered the rules a little bit there's going to be five substitutions per match instead of three um, there's going to be no fans in the arenas uh in the in the fields so it's not going to be anything that you're used to seeing and it's not going to look like soccer you're, you're used to seeing as well. So I think that is the one thing that you as a fan can kind of translate and say, man, if hockey returns, it ain't going to be anything like I'm used to. Or if basketball returns, it's not really going to be what I'm used to. And who knows if they create some temporary rules. We see what baseball is doing to try and fix their season and get their season going, all the rule changes they're willing to make. Be ready for that, because that's what this pandemic is doing. It's forcing leagues to be creative, find a way to get on the court that's safe for the players, that's going to minimize their risk of injury, knowing that they've been basically sitting around for two months. So there's a lot that has to go into it. But you have to be okay with the fact that it's not going to look like anything you're used to seeing as a sports fan.
0: Absolutely, and like I've learned throughout my brief career as a sports broadcaster, the only constant in the sports world is change, and that's what you really touched upon with the German Soccer League.
1: Yeah, it's so true. And, and you know what? If, if you're not trying to figure out how to get better, then what are you doing, really? And I think there's a lot of leagues that baseball was stuck in, in its own ways for a long, long time and just being too traditional, and now they're getting way radical with some things uh, hockey can really take a page out of that book you know i think you can to really look at hockey and say it, it needs to find ways to to create more offense and have some more flair in its game and uh welcome more personality into the game rather than uh, you know oh i'm gonna go out there and give my 110 percent and get dirty in the corners and and that kind of a thing so uh, change is changes not necessarily a bad thing. And you know what? If something doesn't work, uh, then you you assess it, you figure out why it didn't work, and you move on and you change it back. I don't think there's there's too much harm in that. I think people worry about those types of things too much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So last year you were talking about Vancouver and what a stark contrast it is to Toronto and how the, the Canucks are followed religiously. How has Quinn Hughes had an impact in Vancouver? And I guess this is a two-part question. And what did the draft do for Vancouver in terms of hockey um, buildup and fire? Well, I mean, uh, they got Elias Pettersson
1: in 2017. You follow that up with Quinn Hughes in 2018, and it's changed the entire course of the franchise. You know, coming out of the the Sabine-Quinn era, uh, it was not good, and it was bleak, and it was a lot of dark days, and there wasn't a lot of hope until uh, Brock Besser, Elias Pettersson, and Quinn Hughes show up, and you have three Calder Trophy finalists uh, in three consecutive years. Uh, This team has never seen a defenseman like this. Plain and simple. There's very few 50-point defensemen that have ever been on the Canucks. Uh, he is just as dynamic a player as you will see in the league right now. And the picture of a modern defensive. You know, teams going into the draft now. They're looking for Quinn Hughes and Cale McCarr. They're not looking for Darian Hatcher or Chris Pronger as much. I mean, if you can find a Chris Pronger, you'd still do that. Yeah. But <laughs> I think there's less. Like, it's just hard to mold all of the things that Chris Pronger brought. we got to be okay to live
0: with that. Exactly. And that's how the game has really changed over the past 10 to 15 years. It's become more speed, more dynamic, versus more rough-and-tumble, broad street bully kind of play. So tell us a little bit about your show on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver, Reach Deep. Yeah, I've uh, been doing it for close to two
1: years now. We're coming up on the two-year anniversary.
0: Congratulations! My, uh, thank you. My, uh, my partner, my co-host.
1: Randy Janda, he actually is uh, one of the hosts of Hockey Night in Canada from here up in Canada as well. Uh, so he's he's the, the he's a well known guy. I like to say he's the star, especially with me being the outsider from Toronto uh, here in <laughs> Vancouver. But no it's, uh, kidding aside, it's it's really been great. Um, we have a lot of fun. You know, we try to really hold up the the entertainment factor of our show, and, and we understand people are coming to us for sports, uh, but they also want to have a laugh too. So. Uh, especially now during the pandemic, you know, there's really maybe not so much sports to talk about, but if you're listening to us, you uh, can guarantee you're going to have a few laughs and, and enjoy a little bit of sports talk, but more, more importantly, we want to take you away from some of the harsh realities that are going on outside.
0: Absolutely. So what are you hearing about in terms of sports net in terms of the NHL draft possibly happening in June or early July?
1: like they're moving away from that and I think that's probably the best idea uh, from what we're hearing um, there's not a final decision yet but definitely there's been enough pushback from GMs that it seems like Commissioner Gary Bettman and owners are not as uh, keen on forcing this upon their general managers Um, that's at least what seems to be the latest. Because you think about it, last week it seemed like a foregone conclusion uh, that we're having the draft in early June and it's been pretty quiet since. And I think the reason is that the NHL has is, is not really been able to convince their general managers that this is the right way to move forward. And it really isn't. Like, I don't understand why you would have the draft before the playoffs. There's so many things that go into the draft. That's where teams make a lot of those big trades for the upcoming year. Um, and the fact of the matter is, If you're going to attract casual fans, it's not going to be with the NHL draft, you know. There's just not a lot of people uh, that are casual fans of hockey that would know who
0: the top prospects are coming out of Major Junior in Canada or whatever leagues in Europe.
1: Um, it's It's a harsh reality. And the, the difference with the NFL draft, you know, those guys are going straight into teams, whereas the NHL are still developing for a few years for a lot of those players.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I completely agree, you know, the playoffs are such a huge time where you saw, like, the Matt Duchesne trade with Ottawa, and that propelled Columbus forward. I mean, that's, that's a huge part of things with the NHL draft. Yeah, and, you know,
1: Vancouver last year at the, at the draft, and the draft was in Vancouver, Honestly, one of the best experiences as uh, as somebody in sports media that I've ever had is, is working the NHL draft. And just being on the draft floor with essentially everybody in the hockey world there is is so awesome. But yeah, that's that's where the wheels and, that's where you get wheeling and dealing, you know. And you have GMs talking to each other and, and thinking about deals and thinking about trades. And maybe you had a first round loss. Then you want to you want to make a splash at, at the dead, at, at the at the draft. Or, you know, you, you have some salary cap issues going into the summer. You want to make a move at the draft, add a high draft pick, and maybe that player helps you down, down the road if you're one of those top-tier contending teams that are always reworking their salary cap. Uh, and that's, that was the big deal last year. J.T. Miller gets traded for a first-round pick and uh,
0: to the Vancouver Canucks. And J.T. Miller worked out brilliantly for the Canucks this year. Had a oh, yeah.
1: we them in points this year. Um, you, know, you don't have to draft. You miss out on a lot of those big off-season trades that really get the hot shows going in the hockey world.
0: Absolutely. So before we head out, Dan, anything else you want to add for our listeners around the U.S., Canada, and beyond?
1: Yeah, sure. You guys can always listen to us on, uh, on Sportsnet. You know, we're on uh, TuneIn Radio or you know, just throw on your, your Google Home or your Amazon Alexa to say, hey, can I listen to Sportsnet 650? And uh, you'll be able to tune in to us. We're on 1 to 4 Pacific time uh, in, the, in the afternoon. And uh, I've actually got a new soccer show starting up now that uh, the German Soccer League is coming back uh, with a colleague back in Toronto that I used to work with, Jeff Blair. So we're, uh, we're, we're, we're going to go back to, to one of our first loves in soccer and, uh, and just have some fun. So if you're a soccer fan, you can check that out. The first episode is going to be up on Monday. It's called uh, A Kick in the Grass. Uh, so look out
0: for that on Monday. All right, Dan Riccio, Sportsnet. Dan, thank you so much for the time. Thanks,
1: right.